0: and they engaged him to act as a judge and settle questions of law when they arose. The rest of his time he was supposed to devote to study. They'd pay him just to study? Why not? Universities subsidize scholars. Why shouldn't a community? I suppose. Man, he didn't have to preach at all. His contract called for two sermons a year, on the Sabbath before Passover and on the Sabbath before the Day of Atonement but they weren't really sermons as you think of them, they were dissertations like the lectures of a law professor. He didn't exhort the congregation, the kind you're familiar with, against sin was usually given by an itinerant preacher called a magid. Of course, nowadays the rabbi, like the priest and the minister, is expected to give a sermon every week. Some rabbis like the idea, I suppose they have a knack for it. The poorest student in my class at the seminary now has one of the most prestigious pulpits in the New York area on the strength of it. He has a wonderful baritone voice and can bring tears to your eyes just just reciting the alphabet. We call him The Voice.' Reuben Levy?' asked Miriam. "'The one who explained about the parables?' The rabbi laughed joyously. "'That's the one.' Talanagan, explained, we were sitting around once, a bunch of seminary students and their wives, talking about sermons because at the time we were being sent out to small communities for a Sabbath. Levy explained that in preparing a sermon he didn't search for examples and parables to illustrate some point he was planning to make. He worked it in reverse. When he heard a good story, he'd keep it in mind and then build a sermon around it like the fellow who got a reputation as a crack shot by firing first and then drawing a target around the bullet hole, suggested Lanigan. Exactly, said the rabbi. As Miriam went out to the kitchen for the coffee, the rabbi went on. My own sermons are always of the dissertation type. You see, three times a week we read portions of the Pentateuch, so I tie in my sermons with the portion of the week. Then you always have a subject." said Lanigan. That should make it easy. True, but after all these years I begin worrying that I might be repeating myself. Ah, well, said Lanigan, as he accepted the coffee cup from Miriam, have you ever thought that your congregation might not be listening anyway? The rabbi smiled sourly. Thanks. No, but seriously, you've been here ten years now— 12 so if you were to give some of your old sermons the ones you gave when you first came who'd know the difference i know said the rabbi but look here you say your sermons are like a professor's lectures well they give the same lectures year in and year out don't they i mean a new class comes in and they have to cover the same ground now i'll bet that in the 12 years you've been here a pretty fair hunk of your original congregation has gone died moved away retired to florida and a lot of new folks have come into town, so if what you told your original congregation was important for them to know, it's just as important for the new ones to know. The rabbi nodded. That's true enough. It happens gradually, so you'll hardly notice it, but it's true. There aren't many of the original members left. And a lot more of your people have moved into the area, Lanigan pointed out. We have almost three hundred families now, said Miriam. Three hundred, Lanagan repeated. I would have thought there were more than that in town. Oh, there are, in town, the rabbi agreed. Maybe another couple of hundred families, but they're not members of our temple. He smiled. If Henry Maltzman, our president, has his way, they'll all join up. He's very strong for building up the numbers. He laughed. He's always talking about finding the right gimmick to do the trick. Well, why aren't they members? Now, in our church, when someone moves into the parish, the pastor or one of his curates calls on him. And if he doesn't show up, they keep after him. I bet there aren't a dozen Catholics in town who aren't connected with the church one way or another. Your religion is church oriented, said the rabbi. It's built around the Mass and communion and confession, and these involve a priest and a church. Our religion is primarily centered in the home. The Sabbath is celebrated in the home. The Passover feast takes place in the home. Besides, the financial structure of the two is different. Ours is based on membership, and the annual fees of necessity come to several hundred dollars a year. That's a lot for a young married couple, and that's what most of the new people are. They came because they got jobs in the research labs and automated plants on Route 128.